On today's episode, we've got Karen who has started multiple seven-figure businesses related to Amazon and is a listing optimization specialist. We're going to be doing a deep dive into how to make a great listing in 2020. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. And we've got a, a new serious seller here that we just added to our team in the last few months. Karen, Karen, how's it going? I'm doing awesome, Bradley. Thanks for having me here today. I'm excited. It's great to have you here. I think as people are going to get to know you, they're going to see how such a sad and boring person you are with your personality. <laughs> no, it's the opposite. You're probably the most bubbly, bubbly person I know. So this is going to be great. Uh, nice um, now, it's actually funny. You know, we've been working together for a, a couple months now, but kind of yeah. on purpose, I haven't really dug too deep into your history because just like I do with everything, I always like to do it organically You know, on this show. And I don't want to know things beforehand. I want to learn a lot you know, from the actual episode here, you live in Orange County here in California. You moved here from Utah. Now, is that where you were born and raised? So I was actually born in Mission Hills, California. And then my family moved to Utah when I was 10 in a small little town called Salem, Utah. Very cold. It was quite the shock, I'll tell you, Bradley. My mom's idea of snow boots were her 70s five-inch disco boot heels. <laughs> Nice. That so wasn't a good introduction to the snow. I was freezing. I was like, this is terrible. Get me back to California. So I'm really happy to be here. I'll tell you, I love California. This weather is divine. So I have nothing to complain about. I'll tell you, I'm so, so happy here in Irvine. All right. So so when you were growing up over there in, in Utah, you know, when you were 10, 11, 12, mm -hmm. did you have any kind of vision as far as what you wanted to be when you grew up? <laughs> yes. It's actually a funny story. And I think you'll relate to this. My dad was um, an executive for an aerospace company growing up. And so I always really respected him, admired him. I thought he was a really classy guy and I always wanted to be like him, but I always wanted to like someday be the CEO because he wasn't quite a CEO level. He was an executive, but I was like, how do you get to the top? So I always wanted to be an entrepreneur and I never knew how to get started though. I was like, maybe, you know, I'll eventually like, work up the corporate ladder. Maybe I'll just have an idea and I'll be an entrepreneur and something will show itself to me. Now you went through high school and then upon graduation, did you go to college? I did. Yep. I went to Brigham Young University. That's where my dad went to school. He got a business degree. And so I was like, I want to be like my dad. So I got a degree in business management and um, I actually was able to intern with him. I actually sold airplane parts to different airlines around the world. So I got like really techie. I knew all of the jargon and it was super fun. It was a great internship. I had some interesting freelance jobs here and there. And then I, I got married and I had a child pretty quickly. So I was trying to do things from home, but I actually got divorced last year and it's a great situation. Like we're still amazing friends. And he's actually the one that found out about selling on Amazon. He also has an entrepreneur mindset. I was pretty shocked. No, I was very shocked when we actually made a sale. We were really fortunate that we had our first product do really well. And, and it was kind of the, you know, the Wild West days. So 
it was really exciting. Like we started getting 10 sales a day and 20 sales a day. And I started like getting more involved in business. I'm like, wow, there's something here. This is so powerful. Like making money while you sleep on Amazon. At what point did you start getting into consulting? Because then you started an agency, if I'm not mistaken, that, that kind of uh, focused on, uh, was it listing optimization? Yes. Yeah. So it's co a really cool story. So what I noticed pretty early on from my experience was my superpower was definitely optimizing a listing. So my ex-husband, you know, had some ideas and he went through the course training and made the listing and had some idea with images. I'm like, no, like, let's make it a lot cooler. Let's make it easier and fun to read. Let's add more interesting images. Like, there's so much more we could be doing. It's safe to say that, you know, this this is something you, you did for a living for a while. And, you know, listing optimization is one of your specialties. So I, I wanted to just do kind of like a, a little mini workshop. You know, we do these every few months uh, on different subjects like product research and things like that. So I thought I'd have you on here. And especially since we just did that webinar for listing optimization. So let's just dive into some of the basics. And I say basics, but there's going to be important things here that, that experienced sellers need to know too, but especially those who are, who are new are going to find a lot of benefits. So you, you talked about images that that's probably one of the, you know, the first thing somebody thinks about when they think about an optimized listing. So real quick, let's just go over, you know, some of the main aspects of the images. So the main image, what are the characteristics of a main image? First of all, from Amazon's viewpoint. So what, what are some of the requirements on the main image that the other images don't have? Yeah, great question. So it's really important to have a white background image. So there's there's no text. There's no, um, it's not, you don't want to have people in it. You don't want to have a cool background, just purely white. No text and no packaging. And uh, another thing that's important, guys, is even though it's white background, don't have it just like the, the actual product just in the middle, you know, like try and right. fill up, fill up all the way to the, to the edge as much as possible. And shortest side, would you say 1000 pixels at the very least on the shortest mm -hmm. side? Yep. Yep. And then we, we, you'll be able to, uh, to zoom in. Now, the uh, secondary images, what are some of the different types of secondary images that somebody can have? So there's lifestyle images, and those are my favorite. Those are showing your product use in an actual setting that a customer would use your product. So maybe you have a really cool kitchen product. Well, showing maybe a woman or a man using your product in the kitchen in a beautiful setting, maybe they're making something really cool. And it highlights your your image or it highlights your product as like the hero shot, but also, you know, brings the emotional connection of showing someone using your product. Yes, yes. Now, what's interesting to me is is just to me, like anything with like text on it, those are all infographic. And that, that's kind of true. But I was reading one of our, our popular blogs from Leilama, who's actually been on the podcast before. And she actually noted, I think it was like four or five different info types of infographic. Can, can you go over what those four or five types are? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So one type of infographic that you can have is like a feature blowout. So maybe you have really cool features like um, maybe you're selling a iPhone and it has a crack resistant edge. You could, you know, make a blowout of that feature and show it mm -hmm. in little circles and then have some text that say scratch resistant feature. Um, what about you, Bradley? What are the kind of graphics? Another one that, uh, that I like is, is kind of like, let, let's say it's not just one item, you know, like we, we mm -hmm. always have from project X, the egg tray and coffin shelf, but let's say it was kind of like a kit or something, you know, like there was, there was a whole bunch of different products in it. Well, the kind of infographic that I would use 
is is like uh, I don't know what you would call like the includes you know infographic where yeah. it shows a breakdown of each item and then textually it explains each one. Another one is maybe a, a close up, a super close up, especially like of the quality. You know, like mm -hmm. I, I think we might. I don't know if we did this on the egg tray, but when it's something that's made of wood, it's a wooden egg tray, so you want to like kind of do a close up to see the texture. Um, mm. I, I like doing those kind of infographics. Another one is uh, that was newer to me is the the badge infographic. You know, we're like, hey, this this product is vegan. It's FDA registered. It's uh, cruelty free. You know, like uh, some something that shows different kinds of badges. And and to me, one of the most important, especially I found out with a coffin shelf, is that people want to know the dimensions. So like a dimensional infographic because. In pictures, sometimes people get the wrong idea and they say it's actually bigger or it's actually smaller than they think. And right. that's what ha that's what gives you bad reviews sometimes is when people are disappointed because you know they were under the wrong impression about the size. But if you have an infographic that really breaks down the dimensions, it's going to help with, with people you know being confused. Lifestyle images. You you talked about taking pictures of 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 people. So so can you talk a little bit about lifestyle images and how they help a listing? Absolutely. Yeah. You're basically showing your target demographic using your product in real life. And so it really helps them envision themselves using your product. And that's going to give them an emotional connection. And I think that's so important. Like for me, I've been talking for years about how important it is to really sell using emotion because it's going to help people make a much faster and easier buying decision. A lot of times we think, you know, let's sell features, let's sell you know, using logic and it's important, but don't start there. I always say, you know, lead with emotion, lead with the emotional why, why do they want to use your product and then justify it with the logic. I think that's a, that's a great point. It's so important to understand people's why, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes when we're Amazon sellers, we, we start think, getting too much into the analytical side of, of metrics and and yep. things like that, which are all very important. But at the end of the day, it's not metrics that sell our product. It's, it's somebody liking something that they see you know, and making a decision based on that. So I, I like how one thing you brought out in that workshop we did was, was kind of like to Instagramify your image deck. What does that mean? I'm pretty sure you, you made up that word, but uh, what does that mean to you? Yeah. So I love Instagram and I think it's so popular because it's really painting this lifestyle, right? That we all want to have this really cool, beautiful, fun, lifestyle. And so if you can show that with your images, it's going to be so powerful. If you can make people want to spend time looking at your images and they feel something when looking at them, like, oh, wow, I can really see myself using this product and it's going to give me this result. You're going to have a much higher conversion rate and a lot more sales. And so what I like to do is I have a specific formula or format, just like you said, that I call the Instagramifying your images, where you obviously start with that hero shot, that main white image, white background image as your main image. And then the second image, you use a lifestyle image. And then you go back your third image, a lifestyle image, and then the fourth image, a product image or an infographic like we talked about. And so if you can kind of go back and forth, it's using emotion to sell and then justifying with logic, right? So when you're using... For example, like the badges or the dimensions, you're justifying with logic. Those are important pieces of information that people will need to know to make a decision. But we're not just leading with that, right? We start with these really compelling um, emotional type images, and then we're throwing in some other feature or logical images. So it's a good balance of both, and it's really interesting for people to scroll through. So I like to call it the Instagram effect, right? So people want to take their time, look at your images. 
and it's really going to have a much better result. People are going to love your brand and your products, and they're going to be much more loyal. Cool. Let's talk about now the actual text, different aspects of the textual parts of the listing. So for the Amazon algorithm and probably for the buyer, what is the most important part of an Amazon listing? Well, if you can believe it, it's your title. That's going to have the biggest um, rank juice, I guess, for lack of a better word, on mm -hmm. you know if people actually see your listing and if you're actually ranked for keywords. So your title is super, super important. That's a very critical piece of where you put your most important keyword phrases. Yes, I I agree. Uh, I mean, I think that's kind of documented fact. And, mm -hmm. and, and so, you know, one trick that I like to do is, you know, it, let's say we've done a lot of keyword research in Cerebro and Magnet and, and we know what our top, our potential top keywords are going to be like the ones that are, are searched for the most that are most relevant to our product. And that we think is going to bring our product sales. I, I like to try and see how many of those I can get into the title. Now, keyword stuffing, guys, is absolutely something you should not do, mm -hmm. but there's different ways to put multiple phrases in phrase form in your listing. So like if you're using Helium 10 scribbles, you'll have your phrases there. And, and regardless of the punctuation or if there's phrases that are embedded in each other, Amazon still can recognize that in phrase form. And that really, you know, tells Amazon that this is important for your, your listing. So like you can have something like we, we have the egg tray one, we could have like wooden egg holder. Well, th that's, that's two phrases in one there's wooden egg holder, but then there's egg holder. So if those two were, were your main keywords, you just knocked out two keyword phrases in one phrase. And so that's what, like what I try and teach people is, Hey guys, try and see how many of those important phrases you can get into your title, but with, with it still sounding coherent, you know? Mm. Um, but, but what about length, Karen, what are your best practices for how to decide how long a title should be? Yeah, you definitely want to make sure you're, you're staying relevant with your category. Um, different categories have different restrictions and best practices. Maybe you're in a category like cell phone cases and they all have shorter titles and you obviously want to follow that system. And then in general, I, I would say I try to use though as much space as I can though. If I'm in a category that allows 200 characters in a title, I will try to get it anywhere from 150 keywords to 200 keywords. How about you, Bradley? You're the keyword research and title creation king. What's your best practice? In the in the categories or the uh, you know the titles where you're allowed to do up to 200, then I say yeah, absolutely keep it 150 at least. Mm -hmm. But but there are some you know products where you only get you're only allowed to do 80. Like I think in some yeah. clothing categories. Well, yeah, don't don't go try and do 150 in a category like that. And another thing I like to teach is about niche themes, you know? So you, you look at collagen peptides and almost every single listing there have really long and detailed titles. So obviously that's what works there. You, you search something like accordion and they're mm -hmm. all short titles. So obviously, you know, those maybe seem to resonate better with the buyer. So, so go with, with what's working for others. So that's the title. The next uh, one that people think about is, is bullet points. So, so, you know, this is something similar to what you talked about is trying to, to get to people's why mm -hmm. in the bullet points. So, so can you talk a little bit about how you structure your bullet point strategy? Absolutely. Yeah. Bullet points, bullet points are my favorite to write. I think it's so fun. So what I like to do is I actually use our helium 10 review insights and I go through and I look at the top competitors in a product category and I see who's doing well and I go through and I get the review insights downloaded so that I can see what people are saying in their 
in their reviews? What's the most commonly used phrases? And it will give me a really good idea of why people are using their product and what they're using it for. And so I just start making a list and brainstorm some of these key phrases that I'm seeing. And then I like to call from there, I like to generate my why taglines. And those are just that first little sentence in every single bullet point. I like to have in all caps and that's called my why taglines. And I put them in all caps so they kind of stand out from the, the rest of the text on the bullet points. It makes it very easy for people just to quickly skim and see the main point of each bullet point. And I like these why taglines to be interesting and punchy and easy to read and definitely hit on the why of the product. Why are they using it? What's their intention? What's the result they're trying to get from it? Um, I also like to speak directly to maybe the pain they're trying to overcome or the pleasure they're trying to seek. And if you can use both, that's going to be so, so powerful because that's how people justify or emotionally um, consolidate in their mind if they want to buy a product or not. They want to overcome some sort of pain in their life or they're trying to achieve pleasure. So definitely think how your product does that for them. I also like to think about any fears a customer has. And you can look, again, in those commonly used phrases in the review insights. And you can also look at the FAQ section to see what people are asking, what people are concerned about, what problems people are having with the product. And if you can answer those objections or those questions directly in that why tagline, then they're going to feel so much more safe. Like, okay, I'm in the right place. I'm going to have the result I want. And it's really going to help them want to make a faster buying decision. You can also talk about how it can be used as a gift. You know, I've worked on hundreds of listings in my career and I can say literally probably 90% of the products can be used as a gift. You know, for me, like I do most of my shopping on Amazon and if I can find a cool product to give someone as a gift and just send it directly to them, beautiful. That makes my life so much easier. So if you can talk about that and also talk about who it's for, I think it accomplishes two very important things. It talks about, you know, the segment of people that you want to target and it's kind of making a more uh, niche category. So if you're selling something, let's say like a desk lamp, who's that desk lamp for? Is your, is your uh, ideal customer someone that's working from home? Is it uh, maybe a stay-at-home mom? If you can really target and say this is an amazing gift for um, engineers, or this is amazing gift for kids, or this is amazing gift for um, kids doing their homework, whatever the case may be, it's really going to help people feel like, okay, that's exactly what I wanted. This is, I'm in the right place. And it's going to have a much better effect. Um, you can also talk about a guarantee. Again, this is another way to help people feel safe and to kind of um, have a risk reversal effect. So if you can make your guarantee interesting and give it a fancy name like, um, our <laughs> never lose a light bulb guarantee or something interesting for your, let's say you're selling okay. a product like a lamp or something like make it mm -hmm. interesting, make it memorable. Then it's going to help people feel a lot more confident making a decision. So I like to have a guarantee and I also like to have a call to action within your bullet points. I think the, all of those things are important, but it's like, you know, I think people can understand the the need for that, but then the question obviously would be, well, how do we even know, you know, what our customer's why is, and especially if we have a new product. And so that's where, you know, I've always loved to use Review Insights, formerly known as Review Downloader from Helium 10, because I can go into, you know, even if I have a brand new product 
that I haven't sold before, I can go into uh, Amazon, look at maybe a couple competitors who have been doing this for longer than I and start studying their reviews. You know, I mean, I could just do that normally. I could just go on the, you know, I don't need a tool for that. But, you know, if, if somebody has 500 reviews, it's going to take me a long time to to try and extrapolate what the what the top things that people are saying are. But with review insights, I just hit two buttons and and I can instantly see what are the top like two, three, four, five word phrases that people in those reviews are saying. And a lot of times it's something that you wouldn't have thought about. And these are things that never would have come up in, in keyword research. I mean, the, the example I always use is about the collagen peptides, how you look at almost any collagen peptides listing and you run review insights. And the number one phrase that comes up is in my coffee. Well, in my coffee is not a keyword because people don't type in my coffee and think that they're going to find collagen peptides, but they're thinking about coffee because that's how they want it. That's their why. Why are they buying collagen peptides? They want something that they can mix in their coffee you know, to, to get their protein. And so now you have that insight and you can incorporate that in your bullet points. You can incorporate that in your images, you know, in your imagery, and then make those emotional connections and, and be much more effective with your listing. So guys, if you're not using review insights already, you've got to be doing that. And, and maybe you already have a listing that has been on Amazon for a while. Well, guess what? Run review insights on your own listing. I guarantee your customers are saying things or are finding something interesting or important that you probably didn't even think about. So for backend keywords, what kind of keywords do you usually put back there in the subject matter and search terms? From my experience, your backend keywords are the second most important place to put your keywords to rank for them. So definitely any keywords that you weren't able to fit into your title, put them in your backend search terms. This is going to be super, super powerful. I know you've had some crazy test results, Bradley, right? I've seen just how fast you've indexed and ranked for products, just putting it in your backend search terms. Yeah. I mean, it, it obviously sends a lot of juice, like you said, you know, to, to Amazon. It's, it's, it's actually more important than the bullet points or description. It's the second most important, those backend search terms to your title. So, you know, like, you know, putting the Spanish keywords, you know, misspellings that don't make sense. These are the kind of things that you, you put back there, but just be aware, you know, the real estate is, is pretty limited. In your listings that you've dealt with, what, what's the limit that you have for search terms and subject matter? 250 characters. Yeah, 250 characters for search terms, and, and usually the same thing for the subject matter. Usually you get five different spaces of, of 50 each yep. for those. So guys, do not neglect, I mean, I, I, you'd be shocked how many sellers out there, uh, even in 2020, like don't even worry about their backend search terms, but it is so, so important. Now, description, you know, like uh, honestly, uh, me personally, I rarely look at descriptions when I'm a buyer, you know, mm -hmm. but it's still important to have. Do you suggest doing A plus content pretty much whenever you have brand registry? Absolutely, Bradley. Yes. Not only are they more visually appealing and just a great real estate to add more content for your product, but they're free. So it's kind of a no-brainer. If you have Bren Registry 2.0, and I feel like it's easier than ever to get it, definitely use these A-plus pages. They are going to do wonders for your conversion. Absolutely. So what are some of your best practices for that, putting one of those templates together? I like to start with a company logo at the top, unless it's an atrocious logo. Definitely put your logo there. And then I like to have a main banner image that's going to cover the full screen from right to left. And if you can make this interesting, maybe you have some text overlay in it or some badges, that's going to help people pull in and it's visually appealing. 
And then from there, I like to go back and forth using that space with really good text. You could have bolded list. You could have a nice um, bold title for the section. So it's it looks formatically, it looks interesting, and it's a good combination of text and images. And it's giving good information for people to make a decision. Yes. Now, one thing that people need to keep in mind, though, if they do use this A-plus content, Will those words be searchable in Amazon? No, they're not indexed, unfortunately. Yes, so like they're only indexed in Google, but not Amazon. So what I suggest doing if you guys are going to use A-plus content is still fill out your, your description that's in your listing, even though nobody sees that, but at least as of now, you know, the last time I tested it, those most of those still will be indexed. Now, speaking of indexing, that's a very important process and just, you know, sometimes we, t we take these kind of terms for, for granted, but, but what does indexing in, in, in the Amazon sense mean? Yeah, it's basically meaning, are you searchable for that keyword? So if I have a product like a desk lamp, and maybe one of my main keyword phrases is bright LED light, if I don't have those words in my listing, then I won't be searchable for that keyword when people search it. Exactly, exactly. So being indexed is very important, so you can use Index Checker uh, on Helium 10. Just you know, and, and within 10 seconds, you'll know if you are indexed. Because just because you get it in your listing doesn't mean that you're you're going to be indexed. You know, an, an example is I'm just looking here at my desk, like I've got a, a ring light here that I use for when I record videos. Now, maybe this ring light happens to have a coffee dispenser. Uh, I'm just literally <laughs> saying crazy things right now because I have a coffee in, in front of myself right now, but you know, th th that's legitimate, but the ring light obviously is probably going to be in the electronics category. Mm -hmm. But if you put in words like coffee dispenser, like I would say the chances are you're not going to get indexed for that because from the Amazon algorithm point of view, it's like, you know, there, there's nothing, coffee dispenser has nothing to do with the electronics category. Right. So you've got to be careful sometimes, not just assuming that just because you have the word in your listing, you're going to be searchable for it. And then if you're not searchable for it, if you're not indexed, you cannot run exact manual PPC campaigns to it either. So now we went over a, a lot more things in that workshop, including some, some cool advanced strategies, like how to get indexed for words that are not even in your listing. We talked about other things about how to get brand registry and things like that. So guys, if you want to check out the rest of our listing optimization workshop, make sure to go to optimizeyourlistings.com. All together, no spaces. And that's listings with an S at the end. And you can get that full two-hour workshop that we did. What we did, we, we even actually live on the air went in and made a listing from scratch that became live on Amazon for a new product that we got in for, for Project X. Now, People actually can can contact you or ask you questions directly now about listing optimization, about all of your knowledge on Amazon. Talk to us a little bit about the, the FTX program that you're now a part of. Oh, it's so cool, Bradley. So yeah, the Freedom Ticket Extra, you know, before it just had one weekly coaching call with Kevin King, which is huge. It's so valuable. And then now we actually have you and I that are also doing weekly Q&As. So they get eight monthly Q&As with Kevin, you, and me. And so it's so, so valuable. So you can ask me anything on that weekly coaching call and I can give you my best information on how to optimize your listings. Guys, don't forget to sign up for that. You, you can go to helium10.com forward slash FTX. You know, so many people say, hey, Bradley, I, I wanna ask you uh, advice on this, but 
you know, if, if I open myself up to that, you know, that's all I would be doing like all day and, and all night, you know, in, in DMS and things like that. So that's why we kind of made this format. So it's a place where, you know, groups, uh, smaller groups, you know, probably only 20 to 30 people, you know, show up at a time. So we make sure everybody's questions get answered and you not only get your own questions answered, but there's questions that the other people on these calls have that you were like, whoa, wait a minute, that that's actually pretty interesting. And so you'll learn a lot from these calls. So guys, uh, make sure to check that out. You, you can get Karen once a month, you get me once a month, you get Barkus once a month, Vince, you can ask him anything really, PPC once a month, and then you get Kevin King, total of four times a month in that coaching program, and it's only uh, $77 a month. So just try it out, guys. I want everybody to listen to this, to try it out for one month, because guess what? At the end of the month, if you think that 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 Karen and Bradley are just full of Bradley's initials, which we'll just think about that for a second, but uh, th then guess what? At the, before the end of the month is just ask for your, your $77 back, but I, I'm so positive that you guys are going to find benefit of that. Nobody has ever asked for their money back because it's really super valuable information. So make sure to check that out, guys. Helium10.com forward slash FTX, and then Maybe I should give like a bonus. Like if anybody who hears this from the podcast and actually signs up and comes on one of our calls, how about if they give us a shout out, like the first 10 people who join one of our calls who heard from the podcast, how about we send them a, like a, a Helium 10 t-shirt or something? Does that sound Woo. good, Karen? I love that idea. These are cool t-shirts too. So I'm game for that. That's All right. Sounds good. Now you've been giving us a lot of strategy the whole day, but we come to the part of the show we call the TST. 30 second tip. Karen, can you give us a 30 second tip about listing optimization? Yeah, Bradley, I would highly recommend having video on your listing. Even if you don't have brand registry yet, you can still utilize a beautiful video on your listing. And here's how to do it. So at the bottom of your page, you'll see a related video shorts section. So what you can do is you can actually have your friend or a neighbor, go in and give them your video file and say, hey, can you put this in that related video short? Here's the link. And they can absolutely go in and just upload your, your video to your listing. And you can have that video showing right there on the related video shorts. And what's even more cool, Bradley, is I actually made sure I double checked, triple checked, called Amazon to make sure this is okay. But you can actually put your video on a competitor's listing or multiple listings. And it's the same thing. Just have a friend or family member upload that video to the to that competitor's related video short section, and you're kind of getting free advertising on their listing. So, I think it's a super valuable tip and trick. So, I highly recommend doing it. Cool. And I too was skeptical about that, but you know, opened up a case with Amazon. Sure enough, same thing. You know, they're like, yeah, you just don't do it yourself. You know, don't put it to your own listing unless you have brand registry. You could you could actually put your video in the image stack. Yeah. But, you know, as long as it's your, they, they said friends or family is okay. I was like, well, that's, that's news to me. I mean, that could change guys. So obviously, you know, if, if you're, you know, if you're listening to this in 2021 or something, who knows what's happened <laughs> when, whenever things like this, just always get, get approval from, from Amazon first. If you're ever doubtful about, you know, if it's going to be okay and get it in writing that they say it's okay. But anyways, uh, Karen, thank you so much for joining us on the show. We're going to be definitely seeing and, and hearing from you a lot more, you know, as you're, what, what's your official title again? So I am the customer advocate and brand evangelist. So fancy, so fancy. So yes. as that, we're definitely going to be hearing a lot from you going forward. So uh, it's a pleasure to have you join the team. And you've definitely helped me out over the last you know, couple of months, uh, easing my load. So I really appreciate it and look forward to working with you for years to come. Thank you so much, Bradley. It's such a pleasure learning from you and working with you and being a part of this incredible Helium 10 community. So thank you so much for having me.